Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Hey, let's talk about the latest on the coronavirus now. I'm very pleased to welcome to the studio Adrian Dix, BC's Minister of Health. Minister, thank you for coming in. Great to be here, Mike. I appreciate your accessibility on this and the fact that you and Dr. Bonnie Henry, the Chief Medical Health Officer, have been uh, very frequently making yourself available uh, every time we get a new case. So I appreciate your time and coming in on a busy day for you. Let's talk about the latest here now. So what were the latest numbers here and the number of cases that we got in BC? So the latest numbers is 12. We have 12 cases. The first five were uh, connected to travel with China. We haven't had a case in, con- in connection with travel for, uh, from China for a couple of weeks now should be said. The last seven cases connected to travel to Iran, and so 12 cases in total. All 12 of those cases are resting at home. In other words, they're stable, and four of them have been cleared of the virus, meaning they've had two consecutive negative tests. In British Columbia, we've done 1,425 tests as of last Friday. We announce that number every Friday at 9.30. People want to go to the BCCDC website. Just to put that in context, that involves 1,012 individuals because we test some people multiple times. And at that time, when we announced it last Friday, that was more than twice as many tests that had taken place in the United States, for example. So we have been been in a more aggressive than any other jurisdiction in North America – in, in seeking out cases, because we think the important thing is not that there's another case, but that there might be cases that are undetected. That's where the danger for people uh, getting sick think- is and spreading the disease. So that's what we've been trying to do. And I, yeah. I think I think the people at BCCDC, and I think people in BC can be proud of this, devised their own tests for, the, for, for this in the first week before there was anyone found. Yeah positive in BC. That test has been recognized nationally and internationally as effective. And so they've been working unbelievably hard. We have to continue to do that. We have to, what we have to try and do is isolate, right? And uh, contain if possible. And in any event to slow it down, to slow down the virus here in British Columbia, which will allow us to respond more effectively. I think some people might be surprised to learn that we've, you've done more tests in British Columbia than they've done in the entire United States. Now they've closed, is that correct? They've closed the gap this weekend. Obviously, yeah. in response to what's happened in Washington State, you're seeing a lot more there. It should be said they haven't been doing, you know, there's a sense that they're not testing, they're not doing anything in Washington State. They have been isolating people. But what testing does is two things. One, it allows you to determine precise changes and then go after that and make sure it's isolated within that family unit or group. So that's important. And secondly, it's a no for some people who have concerns. They've traveled internationally. They're not feeling well to let them know. And a lot of what we're finding, of course, in those tests is influenza, right? Because that there's a lot more yeah. influenza, of course, every year. And that's a big part of life in BC and in the world. So we, we find a lot of influenza, but it allows people to get an answer. So uh, they're starting to change that approach in the United States. Previously, in many jurisdictions in the United States, you had to send the tests to the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta. Uh, and then get the results back, and that was both a slow process, and they had a higher threshold for testing. And where it becomes important is in, for example, case number six, which was our first case from Iran. 
our low barrier for testing meant that the the doctors who engaged with the uh, in that case it was a woman were able to uh, decided to test when most jurisdictions in the world because she'd, there had been no travel to China at that time might not have tested and the result in other of words that, Iran was on your radar at that point very it wasn't early. on our radar yeah. it wasn't on our radar but, but we had a low barrier for, for testing yeah. that put Iran on our radar right, of that's course point, yeah. but but. Uh, also, it meant that that person who might not otherwise have known because they would have heard about the the novel coronavirus in the media, COVID-19, they would have said, I, well, I haven't been anywhere near uh, I haven't been to China. China. I haven't right. been to Wuhan. I haven't been yeah. to Hubei province. I haven't been to China. And, it allowed, and so the lower threshold meant they were tested. And then we could go out and connect with their contacts. In that case, one contact also um, uh, was found to be positive, so that's, those are cases six and seven. But, but it allows you to address where that person has been, to address mm. contacts and everything else, and that's really, really important for us. So, and that's really a credit not to, not to me or anything else, but to Dr. Henry, the people of the BC CDC who've made that happen, and it's remarkable work. Okay, speaking of BC Health Minister Adrian Dix, you mentioned uh, Washington State, and when we take a look south of the border there, there's very troubling numbers there, the number of cases, the number of deaths, I believe it's up to 10 fatalities in Washington State today. This has got to be a concern for you. I know, I know that you're consulting with your your the officials in Washington State. What can you tell us about your concerns and what we're doing with Well, with at, at every level, and on the day that that was announced, uh, Governor Inslee talked to Premier Horgan about these issues, and we're working at every level. What's happened in Washington State is what everyone should be concerned of. There was an, there's an analysis that came out of China about, about COVID-19 and about mortality rates. And by far, by a mile, the people with the significant mortality rates are people over 80. Right. People with comorbidities yeah. such as diabetes or cancer or other things who are otherwise vulnerable. And uh, so what has happened in, in uh, Washington State, where I believe there are uh, 10 cases of uh, fatalities from yes. COVID-19, what's happened there is obviously it hit a care home. And that's yeah. one of the things that's most significant. It's why uh, our message is pretty clear. I mean, they're doing, I think, uh, a very vigorous role in Washington State in responding to this. But once those sorts of things happen, you know, it's a very, very serious challenge. And we face it's going to be harder in the next two weeks than it is in the last two weeks here in B.C. Washington t State is showing some of that. And so what it tells us is that we've got to, you know, have agency, do what we need to do. That means wash our hands. Yeah. We say that a lot, yeah. but it's the best way to do it, and yeah. it's the best way to stay safe. Wash our hands, keep our each, each other safe is to wash our hands, not touch our face. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Uh, which is challenging because lots of us do that in our, our normal lives. We I think people are figuring out just how much you touch your face. You know, <laughs> there are some people who put their uh, their head in their hands every time they hear me on radio, Mike. So uh, that's, uh, they just have to stop that for the time being, and, 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 and that's a good thing to, to think about. They need to not go to work uh, when they're sick. What about, avoid, what about avoiding, avoiding crowds? I mean, do you, do you give any advice uh, well, well, with if, regard to that? If, if anyone has, if anyone's sick, they should yeah. avoid crowds. 
They should not go to work. They should not go to school. And in particular, if they have a sick relative who's in hospital or someone, or a friend or a family member or a loved one in long-term care, they should stay away. That's how you express your love in those circumstances is to mm. stay away and to do your part. And, uh, and that's true of – that's true in general during influenza season. So it's not just true now, but it's particularly true now. In terms of travel, we talked about spring break, right, yeah. because it's coming up and yep. – Lots of people go away, and there's some consideration of that for international students, for example, that some school districts have been having. But our recommendations to, to everybody is to, to look at, first of all, what the government of Canada is putting out about travel. And they're, they're saying very specific things, no non-essential travel to China, no non-essential travel to Iran, for example, are some of the things that have been put out. But I, I think you have to make an assessment of how you're feeling. Yeah about your other conditions, right? So in my case, I have type 1 diabetes, as you know, so that's something yep. to consider in these times. And uh, and to consider those things before you go away anywhere. And that's going to be important during spring break. And the other thing to consider is what happens. I mean, northern Italy, yeah. parts of northern Italy have been under effective quarantine. Are you ready if you go somewhere to deal with that question? Because you may have to deal with it. Right, and me, that's important for business as well. Right, when people are traveling on business. Let me ask you about frontline healthcare workers in our in our system, and there may be nurses listening, for example, wondering if if they've got adequate protection. And earlier today on the show, I spoke to uh, Linda Silas, who is the president of the Canadian Federation of Nurses Unions yeah. for yeah. Canada, and she's been expressing concerns that maybe nurses or frontline healthcare workers are not receiving adequate protection if they're just receiving if they're just wearing paper masks for example, and they're dealing with uh, people who are suspected to be infected with the virus, maybe they should be wearing full-face full, full face, uh, respirators instead. Do you have any thoughts on that and on, on what we're doing to protect nurses and on other healthcare professionals? Well, we're doing it by engaging. I mean, we announced our emergency response, or we'd started our emergency response well over a month ago now. Dr. Bonnie Henry is meet, regularly meeting with representatives of nurses and, and of uh, hospital workers and others who are in this circumstance to make sure they're safe. Part of it, again, is early recognition, so knowing what to do, and these measures have been put in place for some time. And look, it's an evolving situation, right? So yeah. what we know now um, is more than we, we knew two weeks ago, and so we're going to continue to work on that. But that protection of healthcare workers is one of the most important response items in any response to a pandemic should it come here. Right is is uh, to ensure that healthcare workers are safe because there has to be a place for people to go and inevitably that's where you're going to have uh, you're going to be dealing with this on the front line. So this happens. People do present in emergency rooms, and so the key is for all of our people to know what happens when someone's presenting with respiratory issues. Uh, she was particularly critical when I spoke to her this morning of the federal government. Are, what, what is your perspective on relations with the federal government and their response on this crisis here? We're, we're, we're working hard together. You know, yeah. uh, Someone asked me uh, yesterday what I thought of um, President Trump's response. And here's what I think of President Trump's response. I hope he's successful. I hope the United States government is successful. The United States CDC is successful. We're all in this together, right? Yeah. The border doesn't mean very much with respect to COVID-19. It's not going to respect that border. It doesn't respect ethnicity. So we've got to work hard together. The federal government is doing a lot of this work. Uh, there are partners in this. We meet every week. I'm meeting tomorrow by phone with all the other health ministers. And uh, I think I, I think they're doing a good job based on the evidence at the federal level, and uh, we're just working with them. I think there'll be lots of opportunity yeah. later on for people to say, well, what kind of job did we do in B.C.? What kind of job did we do in Ottawa? What kind of job did they do in Washington or Italy or wherever else? For the moment, we have to work together to deal with these just, things. Just lastly, you mentioned 
the border and 10 deaths in Washington State. Yeah. What would you say to people about that? Would you, would you advise people against traveling to, to Washington well, State right now? Well, border officials, our, our agents at the border, do have a role now in assessing people for illness, and they are, uh, they are connected to that and providing information where appropriate. They, have, uh, they are all quarantine officers as well. So we, our, our officers at the border do have a role to play. I think people have to make their own judgments about traveling, I, especially if they're sick. Like, I I think they have to make their own judgments about traveling. The situation in Washington State is not out of control. We're talking about deaths, but we're principally talking about deaths in care facilities. And that's significant for people involved. And I I don't underestimate it. And and you can imagine how people and their families are feeling today. It's an awful thing that's going on. Uh, But there's no advisory with respect to going to Washington State from the federal government. But again, whose responsibility is for this? But again, I think people have to use their own judgment. Uh, in these times, okay. this is a, a significant factor, a significant consideration, and that it is a changing situation. A week ago, we wouldn't have been talking about Washington State. Two weeks ago, we wouldn't have been talking about Iran. So these situations are evolving, and what we say to everyone is wash your hands, yeah. stay home if you're sick, and be safe, and use common sense. Thank you for coming in. Anytime. I appreciate it. That is Adrian Dix. He's BC's Minister of Health. Very busy man. I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming in, Minister.